0: Hi, Anne. Hi, Amina. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend.
1: (laughs) A podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. This week on our agenda, we'll be talking about the midterm elections, Taylor Swift and Beyonce updates. We'll have a rapid fire where we catch up on everything we've missed on the internet, including Ebola and Gian Gomeshi and everything you need to know about when women boxers menstruate (laughs) I love it
0: I feel Um, like we have to start with the midterms.
1: Sure, we can start with the midterms. Obviously, I just got back from D.C. working on election stuff, and election night was very, very depressing, (laughs) but also very predictable.
0: The only kind of crimson wave we don't like... Right. Um, Yeah.
1: Mother Jones had like an incredible graphic for this or it's just this like red tidal wave. I was like, well done. Graphic departments at Mother Jones. (laughs) But yeah, you know, it's just I don't know. It's like abortion and women lost like everywhere. So the worst state to live in the country, I think, is probably Tennessee. Uh, yeah, so it's like have fun if you live in Tennessee, you know. But then there's there's also all this like crazy stuff. What's her name? The Iowa woman, Joni Ernst.
0: Okay, this is striking really really close to my heart. And that woman, that's like the woman who thinks that like you get Ebola from Twitter, and like she's like she's going to be in Congress now. I want to like
1: tear up my hair I out.
0: I mean, this is a woman who wants to abolish the Environmental Protection Agency, and I don't know. I see women like her, and I'm like. You don't have 10 million kids. How can you be super, super anti-choice? Because obviously you've used contraception, like, at some point in your life. Otherwise, you would be having babies and caring for them all the time, not uh, being a crazy person running for the Senate.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. In North Carolina, they also pushed through, like, a million restrictions on abortion access. Uh Scott Walker like went crazy and signed all these restrictions. Also, even though he like positioned himself as a
0: moderate and he got well, reelected, like Good, that's... nice try, Scott Walker, but also Ugh. like actual nice try, the worst.
1: Yeah, so you know, I mean, but also none of it was um, was unexpected. So I think that you know that's what like tempers that tempers like how upset I am. But I'm also I just can't handle this like every two year cycle of like we like we're ecstatic and then two years later it's like ah like they're taking away everything
0: um (laughs) well but the real talk is like is like women did not vote in as great of numbers as we did two years ago or even four years ago in the midterms like that is the sad truth
1: young people didn't vote you know like i always stand up for millennials because they're my people but (laughs) this was really depressing (laughs) right It was, you know, like, it was, yeah, it was in the teens. It's like, come on, come on. Um, Texas was the most depressing place to see. So women voted against
0: Wendy Davis, like, 65%. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I guess it should be crazy, but I'm also, like, Texas is a a special, unique place where I don't understand. I mean, I feel like I understand people who are, like, Texas people with lots of connections elsewhere, like deep Texas people, I sometimes am just like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know you.
1: (laughs) You know, well, it's my adoptive state, so clearly I, I care a lot, but also, ugh, we're just, there's idiots everywhere in Congress. I mean... Oh, but the one thing that made me like so mad throughout the entire night is how there are all these stories of... 100 women in Congress. Oh, my God. Like, we don't know how to do math. There's 535 legislators, homie. Like, that's still less than 19%. Also,
0: can I just (laughs) tell you, I'm doing a knuckle bite right now because... Basically, before this one special election in uh, North Carolina was decided, there were ninety-nine. It's not like this is some landslide where it's like woohoo, we broke a hundred with like a significant influx of women. This is like one additional woman. Like the number no, overall. I, yeah. yeah,
1: I literally I don't know if they're like you ladies are really into hundred calorie packs of food, like so you'll care <laughs> about this or you for don't shame know to, or you don't know how to math. I was so upset at that. Like, there are no women in Congress. Like, don't, like, yeah, don't be fooled.
0: And I actually, I totally took the clickbait on that, like, at least three times because I was waiting for someone to explain to me why this matters. I was like, maybe I'm missing something for why this 100 number is so awesome. And I, 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 I honestly gave many outlets clicks that they did not deserve <laughs> because I kept trying to figure it out.
1: That's that's how they get you, Anne. They're just like big round number woman will fall for it. Like that's
0: exactly
1: what happened.
0: I mean, like how many you go girls shares on Facebook did they get for that non news? The
1: worst. I I was so infuriated, and people I know kept sharing it. I was like, "Are you kidding? Like, do you know how to math? Like, this is not good."
0: I mean, yes. And meanwhile, it's like, okay, well, maybe depending the outcomes of a few races that I haven't checked in on since this morning, there could be as many as 105 women in Congress, which is still like kind of an uptick, but is also not super notable and not that dramatic a change. Um, And, you know, I also I couldn't find a a quote about this, but Nancy Pelosi has been saying for a long time, we've got more than 100 women in Congress because she counts non-voting delegates Good math, Please. Nancy.
1: <laughs>
0: you know we love Eleanor Holmes Norton, but like she has no power. I know. I mean, she's great. We love her. Also the um who who's the is is she still around? I'm sorry, I confess to have not kept up with DC representation.
1: Who, Eleanor? Eleanor, yeah. Eleanor around. She around. <laughs> Remember that time we saw her at the bar and she had that, like, great lipstick and she was, like, chugging many beers? She was toasty. (laughs) She was
0: very toasty. Total babe. And you fangirled and she was awesome. Oh my god. Love you, Eleanor. It's true. But, you know, so the thing about the midterms that also bothers me is that it's... the The articles about, like, what the election means for women or what the election means for whatever your particular issue is like come out before there's meaningful information about like committee assignments or things that will actually affect the issues and by the time all that stuff happens it's only super nerds who are watching i just i feel <laughs> i feel like there's no solve to that because that's just like you know a problem know. with the internet but yeah, i always get internet, very frustrated Also, like
1: people are terrible like go vote <laughs> In some countries, you get fined for not voting. When I'm king, you'll have to pay, like, a million dollar taxes to not vote. Like, it drives me crazy that people that I know don't vote. So there's all the journalists who are like, we don't vote because we're, like, journalists and nonpartisan. And I'm like, everybody knows how you vote by your tweets. Like, I don't give a shit about you.
0: Right. Also, you work for internet journalism. No one cares. And then there's all these people who just have, you know, like,
1: I'm like, whatever. If you don't have children and you don't need childcare... Like, you know, like, I will let slide all of, like, real America problems. <laughs> let me tell you what would make me not But one if you of are a coastal elite and you can't take an hour out of your day to go to some high school gym and vote, like, seriously, like, die in a fire.
0: Right. It's, I found out that if you vote by absentee ballot, which I usually do, you can take your absentee ballot into the polling place and still get the fucking sticker, which I have felt alienated from the, the gram your voting sticker process for quite some time. I don't time. even want
1: to talk about why you have to vote absentee, but I'm happy that you
0: vote. I don't have to vote absentee. I just do it so I remember. <sighs>
1: it's just, there's just, yeah, I, I can't wait to be king. I'm just going to
0: crack down on all of this. Wait, are you telling me that I am not legit voting if I vote absentee? No, I'm not
1: telling you that you're not legit voting, but I think it's interesting that you don't vote in the state that
0: you live in. I do know. I transferred to California. Oh, you transferred? I'm so happy for you.
1: Mazel tov. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I walk back past criticisms. Although if any year
0: I was going to hang on to my Iowa voter registration, like this would have been the year.
1: (laughs) Oh, I want it for all of you lazy people who don't know how to keep up with elections. I really want to plug TurboVote. Um, it's a great little app. It's basically Netflix for voting. There is no reason for you to not be on top of your shit. TurboVote
0: so, is what got me to register in California. That's
1: right. Um, yeah, and our friend Katie Peters is the founder, so you should holler at TurboVote. They do everything right. I'm going to be the man. Like no king was before. I'm brushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my board.
0: Thus far, a rather uninspiring thing. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. You've got a long way to go, young master, if you think.
1: Wait, talk to me. You were telling me about a new Beyoncé album? Like, what's going on? I don't know. There's. A, I, I was
0: hoping that you could clear this up for me because...
1: I don't know, Anne. I've been really hard at work. I'm not, I don't have time for rumors right now.
0: I know. I love that you've been paying attention to the midterm elections and therefore unable to answer my pressing Beyoncé questions. So there was a there was like a leaked piece of paper that like was supposedly very official looking with like her her company and like some other record label logo at the top but it honestly looked like like a xerox from the 90s like the kind of thing I did worksheets on like when I was a kid with a track listing and lots of investigative reporters looked up the tracks and found that like Beyonce had registered them <laughs> and were like, "OMG, there's a there's a new album, basically part two of the self titled album." So like just in time for Thanksgiving,
1: so you can ignore your entire Thanksgiving,
0: yes, Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. um, but Beyonce truther slash like super fan internet is a place where I tend to only dip a tiny pinky toe. And so I was really, I, I confess that I was relying on you to just be like, obviously there's an album, or are you kidding, that looks like a mimeograph that's not real. <laughs> You're like, here's a leaked post-it. I mean, kind <laughs> I,
1: of. I saw it on World Star News.
0: <laughs> Vulture looked up the song, Donk, featuring Nicki Minaj. It seems like Beyonce Donk. would want to get on the booty train. It is like, it is actually registered.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, um, so... Keeping fingers and toes crossed for Bays Giving. Also, I'll just admit that I've really been into like Taylor Swift world right now, so I just am not paying attention to anything. Okay,
0: well, major business news out of Tay Swift World this week as well.
1: Well, yeah, she like pulled all her shit from Spotify. Um and also she sold like more than a million albums, um, which is more than everybody thought she was going to do.
0: I know um, this doesn't affect you, know, you as a vinyl only Taylor super fan.
1: Well, I don't know how to tell you. The vinyl for 1989 doesn't come out until the holidays. (gasps) Trust me, I can't. (laughs) Um, I'm very upset. Half of my vinyl collection is Taylor Swift.
0: (laughs) I have a confession for you right now, which is that I was at the Nashville airport mm, a month and a half ago, and they definitely had for sale a Taylor Swift blanket throw, and I said to myself, I'll buy that for Amena on my way home. And then I almost missed my flight. And so I didn't buy it for you.
1: And I feel really bad. I don't know. I'm about to hang up on this podcast and never like, okay.
0: This is why I'm telling you with other (sighs) listeners so that you can't actually excise me from your life forever. I don't think you have ever hurt
1: my feelings more than this very moment.
0: You know, or this could be a great wind up for you. And then like, it'll just arrive on your doorstep and you'll be like, who would have thought?
1: Yeah, no, I love Taste Whizzle. Um, She just announced her tour. I'm deciding what city I want to see Ooh, her Ooh, what's in the running? I saw her in, so I saw her in Philly last year, and it was fantastic. Um, and I just made, like, a weekend out of it. I need to see if she's playing in Miami, because I kind of, I want to have, like, a Florida situation. So who knows? But I'm definitely going. I'm going to cry so hard. Um, last time when I went, um, I went with our friend Phoebe. <laughs> And we were definitely the only two women there, like, (laughs) without children. (laughs) So it's like, me and Phoebe, you know, like, we're besties. And then all these other, like, nine-year-old besties together. And, yeah, I I learned more about tweens in that, like, five-hour span than, like, anything my entire
0: life. I sort of understood the Taylor Swift appeal to teens. I heard her on NPR last week. And I forget who the interviewer was, but she was definitely mom vibes, like like, I'm with Taylor Swift. (laughs) And um, she was saying something like my 12 year old daughter, a super fan wrote this question. And uh, at the end of the interview, well, oh, she interestingly, she asked her this question where she was like, so it's your, you know, this many albums in, do you ever think about turning your lens outward and writing about things other than yourself? And Taylor was like, what do you mean? And she,
1: yeah, I mean that's the correct
0: right, answer. Exactly. What do you mean? Um, and I was like, no one briefed this NPR host on personal as political, anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about the going to that show that was so weird
1: is that, like, you know, clearly Phoebe and I are like, mm, you know, like we we have enough disposable income that we can go to like this teeny bobber concert and like have a great weekend in Philly, and everything is like fine, right? And then I look at these families where it's, like, four kids and three cousins and, like, the mom looks exhausted and the dad is like, what the fuck am I doing here? And they took and out a second also- mortgage
0: to be there. Like, the Taylor Swift <laughs> right? mortgage. and then there's...
1: And then you have the like older like high school girls, college girls who are there with their boyfriends and all of the boyfriends look like, oh, if I suffer through this, I'm definitely getting laid when we get home. (laughs) You know, but one thing that was really disturbing and made me feel like such an old person and just realize that I don't have like babies and like teens and tweens in my life was seeing like a 10 year old with a shirt that's like we're never ever getting back together or I hate Mike's boyfriend or whatever. And I was like you don't have these kind of problems. Like, I barely have, like, Taylor Swift kind of problems. This is crazy. I mean... And I just, yeah, the whole time I was like, I don't know, man, if this was my nine-year-old, I don't think you would be here as side boobin, like, singing about your
0: ex-boyfriend. Oh my god, totally. You would let your nine-year-old. Anne, I don't think you know me. (laughs) Strict parents, really? Like... I am gonna be,
1: like, the strictest parent. My parents are African. I'm sorry, I can't betray that. I mean...
0: I know. You gotta
1: crack down until they're 18, and then when you're 18, you can go buck wild. Singing
0: along to songs about boyfriends and, like, revealing nine-year-old side boob are, like, not the same thing. <laughs>
1: And this is how I know that the immigrant experience is foreign to you. But <laughs> let's, let's keep chugging along here. Wait. But I, have to- I just, like, exposed myself. It's fine. For, like, being a crazy, just, like, very conservative on the inside person.
0: One final cool. note cool. about the appeal of Taylor Swift. So at the end of this NPR interview, uh, she's like, she you know, she... I, I will say ably shakes off this stupid allegation that she should be writing like, that's what I'm saying about about <laughs> world peace or something and not about her boyfriends and when she says goodbye to the interviewer you know she's like thanks Taylor she goes thanks say hey to your or so hey what's up to your daughter for me or something like that where I'm just like oh my god like, like that 12 year old is like Taylor Swift says hey what's up and I loved it Ugh. and I was like this is she why is these so girls good. love you She's
1: so good. I saw, like, I saw somebody ask her for a picture once, and she grabbed their phone and took a selfie instead, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is why you are on top of the world. Support. Yeah, no, that's, like, the number one item on my bucket list for 2K15, is selfie with Tay Swizzle. Oh, I love it's it. It's gonna happen. Um, okay, now, now that you know too much about my Taylor <laughs> situation. My Taylor situation. Um, <laughs> my Taylor situation. <laughs> I mean it's like borderline obsessive I uh, yeah I'm like very unreasonable About it and I unfollowed two people On Twitter for like making fun of her last mm. week So there you go I mean yeah. the players going shake, it up, I shake it up.
0: Okay, should we do a rapid fire round? With the heart ones,
1: yeah, rapid fire round. So since we haven't really talked in a couple of weeks, I guess we've missed a lot of stuff on the internet. Internet news. I know, and people keep emailing us and tweeting us about it. We're sorry, we've been busy with life, um, but maybe we have opinions about some of these things.
0: Okay, we're just gonna. So we're gonna do a rapid fire round, and we each get what one sentence. <laughs> sure. Okay gone girl not enough affleck pee. <laughs> probably not misogynist whoa deep <laughs> um <laughs> basic bitches bored next
1: oh my god i'm so bored next next um douchebag is a racial slur
0: whoa that's deep correct <laughs> ebola not my problem not your problem
1: yeah not my problem good luck america <laughs>
0: is really just the douchebag rapid fire round like we I are
1: know. <laughs> what else did we miss oh gian gomeshi leather wrist cuff should have known <laughs> i don't know i don't care about canadian problems we have our own problems i don't know i uh, feel like we're a little flip harsh. about
0: about both ebola and um okay, scandal fine. of violence Let's... against women but <laughs> fine
1: we can we can break down ebola for two seconds I cannot be flip about Ebola because Ebola Ground Zero, a.k.a. Guinea, is my home country. Every time I see... There's always, like, a picture of the hospital I was born in. And they're like, here's where all the Ebola people are dying right now. So, obviously, like, feel it on a deep level. Um, I don't understand American hysteria about Ebola. I think that it is crazy and really condescending honestly and that nurse in maine is my fucking hero i want to send her a gift basket because she like does not give a shit can we talk
0: about she's like is she angling for a reality show i was kind of like maybe she's like... I, I don't
1: know but i hope they give it to her she is like so she's so real she's she like went on a bicycle ride and she's like don't quarantine me bro mm-hmm. i like oh I hope she sues everybody. But you know, she's the
0: best. Maybe this is just the super chill Californian in me. But I'm like, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to stay home and watch Netflix for a week.
1: Like, and it absolutely does. First <laughs> of all, it no. Like,
0: I think that is really flip. I mean, I get it and on and principle. Also, I get her principles. I understand. But part, I don't a. know.
1: I think that it's more than the principle. I think that like that whole decision was made with like very little like truth to science. And also, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a person of color, but, like, quarantine is, like, a scary thing. No, I know. It's like that, you know, it's like they do that and then you have, like, camps where they, like, stick you in. It's not cool. Um, also, like, fuck Chris Christie. So
0: there's that. Right. That, that, that is something that everybody can agree on.
1: Yes. And then Gian gomeshi clearly, like, a very serious problem. Um, the culture of silence around him was like, actually, that was really shocking to me. Like, every day, all these people were like, oh, we knew, we knew, we knew. And I was like, well, that's crazy how everybody knew, yet nobody said anything.
0: Well, so what's interesting? Very uncomfortable truth. Did you read the Slate article that Carl Wilson wrote about the f- knowing about Gian Gomeshi as a man in the Canadian media scene? Literally,
1: like Slate is the last thing I read every okay. day, so probably not. I read it
0: because someone posted it somewhere. But anyway, the you you don't really need the blow by blow of the articles so much to say as like it it really did strike me as something that I wouldn't I wouldn't have clear advice on. So he he was like, okay, well you know, women I know and respect in media were like, he's a real creep, but no one who was close to me had ever made an allegation of like violence. Or abuse. I hadn't heard about that directly. Just kind of like this ongoing yeah. thing about him being not a good guy, and I still continued to go on his show and still continued to like play nice with him. And I feel kind of bad about that, but I don't know if I'd do it any differently. And it made me think of this: a woman I know who is a journalist. Um, I I read a book of hers in which she mentioned a harassment incident by another male journalist. And that male journalist is one of the people who blurbed her book. So obviously, like, he read it about himself, and she never called him out. And it, I don't know, I was just kind of struck by, like, the the notion of, um, well, what do you do differently if you're not a person with the power or evidence to make a direct allegation? Like, you know, it takes a lot of, it just, it takes a whole lot of faith in essentially, like, rumor um, even if you have heard it from several women, you know, to, to sort of to take a professional risk and cut that person out of your life directly. It was yet another confirmation of, of why these things just go on forever and ever and stay secret. Well, I
1: guess in this case, there was that, right? And I agree that, like, on an intrapersonal level, that's crazy. But, like, I had read that um, uh, I forget what university it was in Canada, like, restricted their students yes. from going on his internship. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But- <laughs> You know, like, they should have said something to the CBC, or I hope they said something to the CBC, and if the CBC didn't act on it, then, like, that's crazy, right, you know? Right. Or the multiple interns, or um, or at least one intern who was like, I talked to a manager here, and he said, this isn't going to change. How do we accommodate you? Right.
0: You know? Be so malleable. I, I don't think
1: that it is... That's the quote. I don't think that it's as simple as saying that it's, like, an interpersonal situation is what happened here. I think that a lot of times... And it, it almost always happens this way, right? It's like... <laughs> Yes, like you hear all of these rumors, but they at least impact like one person in the workplace. And I think that if you work there or if you're somebody who's in professional contact with them, you kind of have a duty to say something, you know, like to say something. I like I obviously like this is really simple since I'm removed from it. But I think that that's not, you know, like saying like, oh, maybe let's not place our interns there or there was this other thing about how at NYU they asked him to like switch dorms or whatever mm-hmm. because like since his college days he was problematic. And I was like, this is kind of like, this it, it's like years and years and years of preying on like young women.
0: Right. But it's also interesting. So, so to put it in, in what is a very like, is a very real life dilemma for me. So I don't personally know any people in my professional circle who to my knowledge have have been like outright abusive to women or you know committing the kinds of assault that he is he's accused of committing but i do know like a lot of creeps who i've written about sort of in passing or like describing certain attributes but not naming names and so like by that token do i have an obligation to name every harasser that i know in media
1: i mean Probably, but also you're kind of on your own there, right?
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm actually curious about... You know.
1: No, I mean, I think, listen, I think that, like, obviously this is, I like, I'm sorry that I was, like, kind of flip about it, but I, I think about this a lot, too, and obviously, like, we don't have a good answer for this. It's why... um It's, like, my biggest frustration with, like, sexual harassment, you know, because it's so within the frame of you work somewhere, but there's, like, we have no other framework for just, like, giving somebody a yellow card for, hi, your behavior (laughs) is problematic. Right.
0: Well, because it only works if there's a group of people. I mean, it's one thing for me to be, like, to to name and shame someone, but that doesn't really have any consequence unless people as an industry rally around and are like, oh, I've heard what Anne's heard and I'm going to support what she says because I've heard the same thing. And, you know, that's exactly the kind of thing that gets labeled, uh, an unfounded witch hunt.
1: (laughs) No, totally. And it is, it is really problematic that a lot of it is just, um, you know, it's like we're dealing in a ton of rumors and innuendo and, and it's really unfortunate because even in the early news cycle everybody was like why aren't these women com- like speaking up why aren't they speaking up and i was like well like if you're a woman you have very good reasons not to speak up about the kind of abuse that you receive but it's really disheartening to hear how people automatically like don't want to believe you if you're a woman right. if you you know like you don't go to the police like say to the police to talk about these
0: issues right and i think that one thing that gave people a lot of cover in this case um, particularly people who were not on the receiving end of his violence or abuse or harassment, I'm talking about you know people who heard secondhand stories about it. Um, yep. is is them saying, well, I don't have anything I could take to police like'm I, I can't be the one to go to police, the police. No, totally. You know?
1: Um, you know, the other thing, too, is, man, man, journalism is full of creeps. It's like when I, when I think of like the top 10 creeps I know, they're all writers somehow. I mean, egos, uh,
0: egos, creeps with egos. No, totally. I
1: mean, it's yeah, it's like it's it's a lot of things. But the thing, too, is that I think about a lot of the like creeps when I was like a baby, like 23 year old, like new on the work scene. And how some of those creeps are kind of reformed now
0: oh interesting
1: (laughs) i i I either married i think that looks like you know you know my like long-standing theory on the civilizing love of a woman (laughs) Um, but it's this thing that's like really interesting right is um like i was in dc last week and one dude that was definitely like one of my most problematic like yeah like borderline harassers you know, like, I don't know what his deal is now, but it was really interesting to, like, watch him in a professional context now and be like, oh, you were really immature and you're a little more mature now. But also, like, who knows, maybe he's, like, a closet, like, murderer. I have
0: no clue. Ah, don't say that. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know, Anne. Men, like, men are ridiculous human beings.
0: This is what we get for trying to deal with a complex and troubling issue in a rapid fire <laughs>
1: I know. We like not allowed to talk about We're this. Not. Like one thing that really struck me about a lot of the women um in this story, like at least the journalist, is just how insidious and just like what a predator he was, you know, because everybody comes to him from this place of admiration mm-hmm. and just, you know, like it's like it's good to have somebody that you think is important pay attention to you. And I realize that for me, that's such a wall that I've always had because I, like, don't trust people that I think have, like, good professional esteem. Hmm. <laughs> Which is just, is, like, also has, also comes with this like, own sets of problems. Yeah. It's just, ugh. It's just, like, what? they just ruin it for everyone. It really sucks. I also
0: feel like this is, and then this is going to be, like, a weird kind of circuitous argument in a way but i also think it's kind of an endorsement of shine theory like this notion of oh i'm with someone who like being next to them is really great because i'm not so great like is is it's not like on coequal footing i mean it's weird i don't want to say don't have any heroes because obviously we yeah, all but admire like build people. your own power right exactly <laughs> and and you know and and clearly like you know he was right that he was more powerful um and than a lot of the women who eventually came forward for sure but you know part of part of how men like that you know use their powers i think you're right they're like oh i'm i'm a big fucking deal
1: yeah no fuck that guy okay just the worst okay that was really heavy lesson lesson learned Mm -hmm. don't (laughs) we can't we can't be flip about things for that, I'm going to reward us with some listener questions. Great. (laughs) And then maybe that'll take the edge off. Great. Hit us. Pick a light one. Okay. Thanks for putting on such a great show. I have a question for you. In terms of dating, I want to make clear to men that I'm only interested in dating them if they have an iPhone. However, I don't want people to think I'm shallow. What do you think is the best way to handle this? Don't be shallow. (laughs) Don't be shallow. Um, I don't think I've ever noticed what somebody's phone was. Okay, but also for real,
0: in my Android days, you threatened to defriend me.
1: I think so. Oh yeah, it's true. You were. I also remember when you went through a phase of like, I'm getting an Android, and
0: I like laughed so hard. Wow. So this is a real pot kettle situation here, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, it's true. I was like,
1: yo you can't work at iPhone. Android's gonna be interesting.
0: Wait, sorry, you think this person
1: is trolling us? I think this person is trolling us. I just, I, like, I'm convinced this is somebody we know who's trolling us. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Sorry, if you're not, if you're not trolling us, I'm sorry. Get over your phone thing. Okay. Um another short one i was wondering if you could run through some of your favorite podcasts in a future episode alternatively you uh, if you'd like to publish 20 20 times more podcasts this would also help man getting called out preferably um preferably something less obvious than this american life man so i obviously love this american life um no shade but other podcasts i'm really into um in this family we love the read the read mm. is good I really like 99% Invisible for design. Um, I'm obsessed with like cereal right now, completely. Like, my entire life is consumed. If I could take a leave of absence from work so I could keep being a detective, that's where all of my energy is going. (laughs)
0: I mean, before we recorded, we, we turned on the microphones to record this. Amina confessed that she was, like, subpoenaing court orders and, like, calling about cell towers. And
1: I just, I just, it makes me regret not going to law school. Um, but shout out to all my lawyer friends that have been very understanding in this hard period in my life.
0: Oh, my God. I have, I mean, obviously I listen to many of those podcasts, but I also want to put in a plug for Down for Whatever, which is a podcast by our friend Maisha Battle, who so is like good. a sex-edemic and talks to various people and types of sex workers and experts about their sex lives and various sexy topics. And she is great.
1: Oh, and also a plug for The Broad Experience, this like great, great British podcast about being a, about being a boss lady. It's great yeah i love
0: it um and of course our our like our bros at the long form podcast yeah long
1: form death sex and money you know um yeah i I feel like i listen to a lot of podcasts on being splendid table uh hardcore history
0: splendid table for real (laughs) i listen to splendid table you can't make fun (laughs) of me for that i'm not i'm not i'm i mean i'm not I need I'm you to up. listen
1: to one episode of Hardcore History, though. Hardcore History is my favorite thing in the entire world.
0: I tried to listen to Genghis Khan, and I didn't make it very far. I mean, one, you were probably not
1: stoned enough. And <laughs> two, you've got to clear out, like, four hours of your day.
0: For, for okay, what stuff. do you do while listening to the Hardcore History of Genghis Khan? Like, what is the appropriate you activity? Clean, you, while like, listening?
1: deep clean your entire house. Like, oh, my house
0: is spotless. <laughs> Um, right.
1: Yeah, but I also listen to a ton of like management podcasts. So, like the Harvard Business Review Idea Cast, like Secret Favorites. So wow. Good. <laughs>
0: All right, what else we got? What else is on our list? I, I have a This Week in Menstruation. Tell me your insane menstruation news today. Well, I did a quick Google search for in the news section for menstruation, which I enjoy doing from time to time, and it turns out the World Boxing Council, which is a thing, well. uh, has decided to limit the length of women's bouts, in part due to the fact that women have periods. <laughs> here's the thing. You think it's gonna be like, oh, the poor women will not be able to handle this pummeling. And here's the quote. It says, quote, menstrual cycle has tremendous impact on the body of a woman, including 12 hormones which act in the body's system, creating radical changes in several areas. Which, to me, sounds like you have superhuman strength and cannot be trusted not to pummel your opponent. Yeah,
1: you're basically, like, hulking out and just, (laughs) (laughs) like, punching. It's like you punch the shit out of someone and then you just, like, period everywhere on the carpet and i mean, like, like
0: next bout <laughs> rage induced advantage <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, shout out to lady boxers if we know any women who are boxers please get at me I, I, need, I have uh, many things I want to understand
0: right also can you confirm the hormone surge is an advantage when boxing
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like hormone surge is an advantage for everything except for probably snacking <laughs>
0: Ooh, interesting question definitely it's got to be a sex asset It's got to be like a competitive I end mean, you're, dis-
1: you're basically you just destroy people
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess this I guess this brings us to the end huh this is the end All right you can find us on the internet at callyourgirlfriend.com. send us an email if you have questions or suggestions of stuff for us to talk about call yrgf at gmail.com or tweet at us at callyrgf. Yeah, I'll talk to you very soon. See you on the internet. See you on the
1: internet, baby.